Hey guys, welcome to Hallowed Groundling in this week's edition of Flashback Friday Fright Fest. I hope you guys have had a great week and you're looking forward to your weekend. Um, So this week's topic is haunted house movies and I'm really excited to cover this. I have so many that I love and when I was compiling a list for this podcast, I, I came up with a bunch and I thought, you know, as I went down the list, I said, well, this one could also go into this topic. So there, a lot of them got grouped into other topics that I would be discussing. And I thought, okay, I'm going to move this one here, but I picked these four because I, I mean, I could talk about them in other areas, you know, but I, I said, well, these four are really ones that I love and I, I want to cover. So let's get right into it. Um, this week, the first pick is Poltergeist, um, the 1982 original Poltergeist, um, directed by Toby Hooper, the late, great, wonderful Toby Hooper, written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grace, and Mark Victor. Um, I mean, for those of you who have never seen Poltergeist, I, I mean, what have you done with your lives? Honestly, it's, it's a classic, you know, um, it was just... I, I remember seeing Poltergeist when I was very young. I saw it when I was, I was, God, I, I don't know how old, but I was, I was young and absolutely terrified. Just, it scared me so much. And I remember the two things that really stuck with me when I saw Poltergeist. I don't, and I don't even remember how old I was, like I said, but I remember that there were two things that I remembered that I took away from the movie. And one was the stake on the counter with all, like when the maggots all come out of it and the guy rips his face off, that whole thing. I, that I remember stayed with me forever after I saw that. And then I remember feeling so kind of, I guess the right word is it, not insulted, but almost like, you know, like I'd been betrayed. That's actually the better word is that I'd been betrayed by the movie when you think everything is okay and you think the family's going to be all right, you know, after Tangina cleans the house, this house is clean and you think, okay, everything's going to be hunky-dory. And then, of course, it's not at all, you know. And I remember the scene when the mom, uh, Diane, played by the wonderful Jo Beth Williams, and she runs down that hall and the hall just keeps repeating it. It gets longer and longer, which was such a great effect and so spooky. And just terrifying. I mean, all the way through to the end of that film is, is terrifying. It's got a great cast. As I mentioned, Joe Beth Williams. It's also got Craig T. Nelson who plays Steven, the father, uh, the wonderful late Zelda Rubenstein who plays Tangina, um, Dominic Dunn who played Dana, the daughter, uh, Robbie is played by Oliver Robins and Carol Ann is played by, of course, the late Heather O'Rourke. And it was, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, I don't know you know, like I said, I don't know what to tell you. It's basically about a family who lives in this kind of, uh, very cookie cutter type neighborhood that's been put up and the father works for the company that put up the houses and he's kind of, um, Costa Verde. I think I have that right. Costa Verde. If I don't, please send me an email and let me know. Yell at me for that one. Costa Verde. I think it is. Anyway, (laughs) um, he, he like, you know, works for the company and he's trying to promote it. So his family of course lives there and, what they haven't told him is that, you know, there was a cemetery there and they told him that they had moved the entire cemetery. But what it turns out, they didn't move the whole cemetery. They actually just moved the headstones and the bodies are still there. So of course, all this poltergeist activity is going on. This family 
uh, their daughter uh, he talks to them through the television static, and of course we get the classic "They're here," which is just still chill. Gives me chills every time I see it. Such a wonderful moment in a movie. I think it's like on the top AFI like a hundred lines of all time, and as it should be. I mean, it's a classic, beautiful moment in the movie. Um, the original film is it, it's just a great film. I mean, I've, I rewatched it a couple of years ago. I haven't seen it in a little while. But I love that movie. I know every single time I watch it, it has such great atmosphere. Um, it's it, it's like, you know, it, you can definitely see the collaboration between Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper. I mean, Toby Hooper had such an amazing eye, but this was so different, you know, but it had a Steven Spielberg twist because it's very family and it's very, you know, so it's, it's just a wonderfully creepy, amazing movie. And I like it very much. Um, of course, you know, we have to talk about also that there's uh, two sequels, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, and then Poltergeist 3. And Poltergeist 2 is mentionable only because of the fact that it had um, Kane in it. And, and you know, Julian Beck, who played Kane in her part two, was one of the scariest moments in, in, in the whole, you know, franchise of the film. Um, he's this creepy preacher that comes after Carol Ann because his spirit, they want her, her powers to be able to talk to, to the dead and, and they want her, you know, basically like to, to use her for that. And, uh, he's incredibly creepy and scary in that movie. And then three just kind of continues on. It's in a high rise, um, great cast, Nancy Allen's in it and Tom Skerritt, all these like wonderful people. Um, and I've seen the movie like quite a few times. It's super campy. It's not scary like the other two. It's, it's, it's very campy, but it's kind of fun. And, um, so the other part of, of Poltergeist that you kind of have to talk about is like the curse that they talk about with the kids and it's not really a curse. I mean, the uh, Dominic Dunn, uh, Dominique Dunn, she died. Um, she was killed by her boyfriend, which was incredibly tragic. And then, um, also Heather O'Rourke died just after the making of part three. I think actually while it was being made, because actually if you watch part three, um, at the very end of the movie, they say that's not Heather O'Rourke because Nancy Allen is like holding, holding her and she's not facing the camera. So they said it was like a body double because she had died actually very suddenly. She'd been diagnosed with Crohn's disease while she was making part three, but then she got very sick and she, she suddenly had a heart attack and died um, at 12 years old. She was way, way, way young. So, but they talk about the curse and I mean, you know, I don't know if there's really a curse around the movie, but you know, it kind of sells it even more to make it say that that's a haunted movie. And, um, they did remake the movie in 2015. I saw it. Um, it wasn't anything to write home about. I didn't see it again. I saw it once in the theater and then I never watched it again. Um, it had, I mean, it was, it was, they, they were very lucky because they got a wonderful cast to play the, especially the husband and wife. It was Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt, who I love both of them. I think they're, I love Sam Rockwell. I love her too. She was uh, Rachel and Rachel getting married. She's just a wonderful actress. And the, the remake just, it just wasn't great. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't fabulous. So, I mean, cause remakes are, you know, remakes and you never know how they're going to turn out. So anyway, <laughs> um, but that's, you know, kind of my take on, on, you know, Poltergeist. I really enjoy it. Uh, and I think it's mentionable to, you know, the, the second, the second one is definitely worth it. The third is more campy and the remake is meh. 
So there's my opinion. <laughs> All right. The next movie is going to be The Changeling, um, which is was made in 1980, uh, directed by Peter Medak and written by William Gray. And a brief synopsis, it's, uh, it's about a composer who loses his wife and daughter in an accident, and he rents a house, and all of these things start happening, happening in the house. He starts hearing voices, and he starts seeing things, and it's just, and he doesn't know, you know, like, what's going on. The cast is incredible. Um, Trish Vandevere plays Claire, who, who basically rents the house to the character John, who's played by George C. Scott the wonderful late great George C Scott who I could watch do anything pretty much he had such an amazing range he was he could he did so much just with his facial expressions and boy was he made for horror i mean this movie is incredible he's wonderful in it and just recently i also watched which I'll probably cover, actually, I know I'll cover at some point, uh, The Exorcist 3. And he's incredible in that movie. I mean, what a great performance. He's just he's just such a wonderful, believable actor. And um, The Changeling, if you haven't seen it, please go and see it as quickly as possible. It is a brilliant film. The thing about it is that I, that, like, that I really love is that it has such a slow burn to it. It's a movie that you you kind of you you watch it and at first it's so slow and you're not quite sure how it's going to turn out and you're like okay and I'm not sure what's happening, but when you let it pay off, the movie is really amazing and the end of the movie is incredible. It's just this it, just this slow slow build up, and I think that slow burns are something that don't happen anymore. In movies, you know, in horror movies especially, I think we're real like catch and grab. Like we want to see it fast, and we want. And don't get me wrong; I mean, I love that too. But a good slow burn movie that's done really well, it doesn't happen anymore. It seems, you know, it's like we want instant gratification. We want to see it right then and there. And it's just such a great movie. I know I sound like an old fart saying, you know, like oh, it should go back to those days, but. There's something so wonderful about that. And that movie has such a great payoff. You know, at the end, you're like, wow. You know, I remember feeling like that movie was incredible. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what I, what I had seen, you know, and took like maybe like the second or third time that I watched it that I was like, this movie is so good. It's so wonderful. So please, if you haven't seen The Changeling, please go out and see it. 1980. I don't believe it's ever been remade. I hope to God it hasn't been done as a remake because I'm sure the remake's terrible, but I don't think it has been. Um, But yes, please go out and see it if you have not seen it. It is an excellent haunted house movie, super scary, spooky. Watch it with the lights off. The music's incredible. Great movie. So number three on the list is Juon, the Japanese horror film, which is also... The Grudge uh, was remade in the United States as The Grudge. And Juon was uh, directed and written by Takashi Shimizu. It's a wonderful film. Uh, the original, you know, I had seen I had seen the American version of The Grudge first, which I'll cover as well. I'll talk about that in a second, but I want to talk about the Japanese version first. The thing about the Japanese version of the movie, the original movie. And this goes the same for like the ring as well. The Japanese horror movies to me always feel like I'm watching a home movie. Like I'm watching something I'm not supposed to see, like, like a snuff film. 
the way they shoot them, it, it doesn't feel stylized. It doesn't feel like you're, you know, watching anything that's preset. It feels like you're literally watching someone's life. And it's not like it's a, you know, a, a motion camera, like, you know, like a, a found footage movie or something where they're holding the camera. I mean, it's a still shot, but it's like you still, I still feel that way when I watch the movies. I feel like I'm watching something I'm not supposed to see, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. It gets it even scarier, actually. The special effects aren't anything, you know, crazy. They're, they're very, very simple, but they're effective and done very well. And the same is for the grudge, for Juwan. I say Juwan the grudge because, of course, they've combined the name now, so you know what it is. But with Juwan, um, just so you know, just a basic brief synopsis of it. It's it's about a house uh, where something really horrible happened. Um, there was murder and suicide in the house. And anyone who comes to the house now is basically cursed and the curse follows them. And it is a very powerful and palpable curse. And of course, a woman comes and the curse follows her. And then, you know, she's trying to save herself, basically. And it's just incredible. It's just a really great movie. And the American version, which was also directed by Takashi Shimizu, um, but it was written by Steven Susko, who I assume was brought in to kind of Americanize it in a way. It's got a really great cast. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I mean, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. She plays Karen, the lead in it, uh, who's the woman who goes to the house and the curse comes upon her. Um, I love her. I mean, I love Buffy. I think she's great. I think, you know, she's really funny. Um, I appreciate her very much because she, she's okay with being like tongue in cheek, you know, like she played Daphne in the Scooby-Doo movies. She's like really, you know, just, it seems very down to earth and cool. And I enjoy her whenever I see her in something. She's always really, she was great. in I know what you did last summer. She was like one of the best parts of that movie. Um, I was really sad when she died and that I remember because I, I wasn't as crazy about Jennifer Love Hewitt. So I really wanted to see her longer because she was, you know, she was good in it anyway. Um, but I enjoy her, and she's really good in The Grudge. And the American version is really spooky. Um, other people in the cast is Clea Duvall, uh, Bill Pullman's in it, and he's great, of course. And it's it's told very well. It's told in the same kind of you know basic style. It doesn't feel it feels more stylized. It feels more Americanized, if you will. Um, and but I think that because it had the same director as the Japanese version that he brought that same element over to the script, you know, when he brought the same element over to uh, the film, you know, giving it that same kind of raw edge. But it wasn't quite as raw as it was with the original because, of course, there's a lot of money that gets put into the Americanized versions as well. So, and American audiences are very picky about what they see. So um, if you have not seen the original Juon, you should go see it, definitely. Um, especially if you've seen The Grudge because then you can kind of compare to and say, see the difference between them. And you, you know, people sometimes prefer one or the other. I know people that are purists that are like, no, I only watch Juon. And then I know people that are like, no, I prefer the Americanized versions of these movies. So it's up to you. I mean, you can go see it and see what you think. And I'll, I'll definitely, I'm sure cover later as well, like the ring. Cause I, I do love Ringu and the ring as well. That was one actually that I wrote down too, but that's not quite a haunted house movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. So the fourth movie tonight is The Others, uh, which came out in 2001, uh, written and directed by Alejandro Amnabar. And this movie, um, just a brief synopsis of this one, uh, it's about a woman with two photosensitive children who becomes convinced that her house is haunted. It's starring Nicole Kidman, uh, who plays Grace, uh, Finola Flanagan, who plays Bertha, Mrs. Mills, um, 
Alahina Mann, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly, but it plays Anne, the daughter, and James Bentley plays Nicholas, the son. Um, Alejandro Amnabar, who wrote and directed the others, uh, also did Open Your Eyes, uh, which was it turned into Vanilla Sky for the American audiences, uh, which was directed by Cameron Crowe. The original Open Your Eyes is an amazing movie. I wasn't as crazy about Vanilla Sky. I thought it, they just did not do it justice. The original movie is so weird. And Vanilla Sky is weird as well, but it's in this. it's just in a different realm. I just don't care for it as much. I think that the original was much better. Um, but he's amazing, and he wrote the screenplay for both and, and directed it as well. With the others, um, this movie was such a surprise to me. I remember seeing it in the theater with a friend of mine, and I didn't quite know what to expect. I thought it was just going to be like kind of like ghosty kind of movie. And it turned out to be just this really sad, really amazing story, and I was totally shocked at the end. Um, I'm not going to reveal the end. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I should do spoilers, because if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the movie already. But if you haven't, I mean, it's one of those ends that I don't want to tell you what happens, because it's just such a great ending. Um, it is. It really was shocking. I remember my friend and I were completely like blown away after the movie. I said, what an amazing movie. Um, this is another great example, actually, of a slow burn movie that you know came out in 2001 um but it it does have a very slow burn as well just like the changeling it's it's just you watch it and you you slowly are figuring out what's going on and they give you little tidbits of what's happening in the house and you know she's very overbearing the mother grace uh, who nicole kidman plays and she's you know you, the children are very odd they're both very he found these two wonderful children they're both very spooky you know they they they're just very odd children and you don't quite know like what's happening with them and as they slowly unravel the story it's pretty you know impressive and you say oh 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 as it unravels you know um i have a great story that's attached to this i was working at borders uh in the mall and in in providence it's long gone now very sadly um, and one day I was, was working and I was standing at the information desk and this woman walked up to me and I, I looked up and she said, oh, you know, with this very thick Irish accent, she asked if we had the Sopranos and I realized it was Fanola Flanagan. And I was like, yes, we do have the Sopranos. I will go get that for you. Come with me. Cause it was in a case and I had to unlock it. And I knew exactly who she was. Like the minute I looked up, I said, Oh my God. I was like, this is Fanola Flanagan. I was like, Holy cow. And she, you know, followed me to the case. And I turned to her and I said, I said, Excuse me. I was like, I just want to say that I really love your acting. I think you're amazing. And I was like, Particularly the others. That is like one of the most incredible movies. And you are so great in it. And she smiled and she leaned in and she said, I guess I should say boo then. And I laughed. I mean, we both started laughing and it was just so brilliant. She was so creepy and it was just, it was this wonderful moment. And I, I love that moment. I cherish it because it was really funny to, to hear her, you know, say that to me and that wonderful Irish brogue she has. She was here in the city. She was in Providence because she was filming The Brotherhood, which is long gone now, but that was a Showtime series that was about the mafia, which I thought was really funny that she was taking out, she was buying all the Sopranos. <laughs> so probably getting like a feel for like a mafia type family movie, you know. Um, but she was so nice to me. She was super sweet. And I'm, I'm really excited. I got a chance to meet her and, and talk to her about the others. So 
again, if you haven't seen it, please go out and see it. Like I said, I don't want to ruin the end for you, but it's a really wonderful movie, a great ghost story. The art direction in this movie is beautiful. It is just so sad. You, The feeling of it is sad just by the look of it. It's gray. It's a very gray movie. It's a very dark movie. Um, don't watch it in the middle of the daytime when the sun is out. Like, watch it at night, you know, as you should watch every horror movie at night. But if you watch it at night, you'll be able to see all those little nuances in the film because um, it was definitely made to be seen in the dark. It's It's that kind of movie. So definitely check it out if you haven't yet. So that's it, guys. That's it for my, my Haunted House movie uh, flashback Friday Fright Fest. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, just a few small things. Uh, this coming weekend, I'm actually, actually tomorrow, <laughs> I'm filming this, or I'm, I'm filming, recording this earlier. I'm recording this on Wednesday and releasing it Friday. But tomorrow, uh, for you when you get this, um, Saturday, I'm going to be going to uh, Scaracon in Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, really excited to do this. There's going to be a lot of really cool people there. Um, there's going to be uh, Elvira, excuse me for that. That was my phone dinging on here. That's so unprofessional. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, Elvira is going to be there and Tom Savini, Amy Steele, Ricky Dean Logan, the wonderful David Naughton, um, who I got to meet actually at TerrorCon here a few years ago, and he was so sweet to me. I've had a crush on David Naughton from American Werewolf in London forever, and he was such a nice guy and super cute still. <laughs> um, and uh, Mark Patton's going to be there, Danny Lloyd, uh, Doug Bradley, Pinhead is going to be there. So there's like a lot of really cool people. I'm I'm super excited to go. I can't wait. Um it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going for the Saturday, but I'm definitely going to do a little video, uh, kind of to show you guys like what I did there and try to do something fun and put it together for all of you for, um, the weekend to release. So, uh, hopefully I'll be doing that very soon. And then the, um, on the weekend of the 30th, I'm going to, uh, Comic-Con at Foxwoods. I'm going on the Saturday. Uh, the only reason, well, actually there's two reasons, but, um, one, I'm going to meet Kate Flannery from The Office because I also love The Office very much. It's one of my like all-time favorite shows. She's there who played Meredith Palmer on The Office. And the real reason, the reason that I originally, like what I, when I saw he was going, I'm going, is I'm going to meet Robert England because um, he's there. And I, I have such a sad, he was at Comic-Con in Rhode Island this past November. And I, he was on the top of my list to meet him. And I kind of made a, mis- I made a huge mistake I wanted to savor meeting him. So I just went to meet everybody. And I met so many cool people at Comic-Con. It was awesome. I had a great time. But I kind of savored him. And I I went to his panel. So I got to see him speak, which was really great. Um, He was on with Lisa Wilcox. And he talked over her. Not talk over her, but he just talks and talks. He's famous for just being long-winded. Like, that's his thing. He's, you know, his makeup artists have all talked about that. Like, his shtick is he just talks forever, you know, and, and tells these great stories and all this stuff. So Basically, what happened was I kind of savored it, and on the Sunday, the last day of Comic Con, I went to go get in his line, and they had stopped it because, and the line was long, uh, and they had stopped it. Well, actually, sorry, it wasn't as long, and they had stopped it because they knew he would talk to every fan, and they knew how long it would take. They were like gauging it, so I couldn't meet him, and I was so sad. I left, and I was like, I'm so stupid. I should have gone right away to go meet him, and I didn't. So. I saw that he was coming to Comic-Con in Connecticut, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to walk right up. I'm going to get in his line and make sure I meet him because 
he's somebody that I love. I mean, I love Freddy Krueger, obviously. I love him, and I really want to meet him. I'm super excited to meet him. So, you know, I, I was like, I have to go. So I'm going for the weekend with my mom, which is so exciting. Uh, she'll be there with me. So uh, I'll be doing a little video while I'm there, too, to to tell you guys how excited I am to meet Robert England. And, um, you know, yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. So that's about it, guys. Uh, Lino, once again, let me know, uh, you know, give me your thoughts, your opinions on my takes on these movies. I would love to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for all the follows on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, all the support. I love it. Uh, our um, Halloween reaction video is doing really well on YouTube. I have all these viewings. I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm actually, because it's Wednesday, like I said, even though I'm releasing this Friday, I'm about to go do a reaction video for the new Nun teaser trailer, which I can't wait to see. So look forward to that, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Stay spooky. Bye.